0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Live Line. Given the day that's in it, and I've just been outside the building here, stuck my head out, couldn't see a thing uh, through the fog as it happened, and it's absolutely freezing. So I presume a lot of people are going to stay in. It might be a day for baking, if you're interested in baking. So uh, would you get a pen and a bit of paper or a stubby uh, pencil and a bit of uh, paper, the back of an ESB? No, you need ESB bill to light the fire, don't you? Um, the back of a bit of paper. And uh, I'll give out, with the help of uh, Gabriel Mary Bourne, we will give out Gay's legendary, it's a legendary Christmas cake uh, recipe later on in the programme. I'll give you fair warning because there's a lot of, I think there's about 18 different ingredients. Um, and then we will put it up on, on the uh, website. Uh, back to the cold weather. Rossa, Rossa McDermott, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. What happened? What, five o'clock this morning? No, Friday, actually. Um, oh, Friday, OK. So I didn't have the fog that we have this morning. No, I go out for a walk uh, most, nearly every morning about five. Did that on Friday. And uh, it was cold and frosty, crunchy snow. But it was fairly manageable. And then I went out a bit later, and the dew point had changed, and it became uh, a bit of an, an ice rink. And I uh, had, had a few incidents going down to Blackrock Village. In Dublin. And, and, uh, and, and what, you, you slipped. Where did you slip, and what time did you yeah, slip? Yeah, the bottom out, of uh, George's Avenue, and then down in front of the HSE building, uh, going into Blackrock Village. There was a and the shadow part, there was ice there. And coming back, I slipped. And when I slipped on the same different ice, I couldn't get up. And oh, uh, a great fellow in a blue van waiting at the lights to get out. Volunteered to come out and help me up, you know, and uh, get me back upright. And uh, I was very grateful to him, but I didn't thank him enough. And the whole reason we called you Friday was uh, a guy made his, uh, his job to come out and help me got me upright and two other people came and talked to me and I forgot to thank him and I was uh, remiss of that was my biggest headache in the end. And you, it was a bad fall, was it, Rosser? Yeah, I've got a bit of it's a bit of bruising on the, on the right hip. It's fine. There's no breakage or anything like that. I know enough. But I'd be a bit sore. And, and was, it, was it on a footpath? Yeah, know. coming off the... Okay. If you come up, if you go on out of the village and crossing the place beside Frascati, it's kind of a dual carriageway or two lanes. You come off the path and across the cycle lane, there was ice there, and the ice hadn't been cleared, I suppose. It was very early in the mm-hmm. day, and that's where okay. it was, and you can't see black ice. Obviously. You, have the great, then, you, have a, you have a great phrase in your communication with it. You said, I felt like one of those tortoises yeah. lying on my back in the Galapagos Islands yeah. and, and, and I couldn't get up. Was that what it, what it was like? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 apart from the, the humbling part, you just can't control yourself because you're the wrong way up. And uh, because I had a stroke a year ago, I'm less uh, wow. able than I was. So definitely, uh, that's the vision I had in my head as I was lying there for a few seconds. Was, yeah, so one of those torches. And, and the driver of the blue van, he was at the lights. This was on the George's Avenue, intersecting the Rock Road and Black Rock in Dublin. To town, yeah. just, and just before the Frascati centre there. And he saw me and said, do you need a hand? And I, I said, oh, it'd be great if you could. And he hopped out. Good lad. And got me upright. And uh, then two other people approached me. And obviously, he ran away to get out of the way. And I forgot to, to thank him because I wouldn't be upright still. And have you any other memory of the van or of him? Was he? No, it was just a blue van. Was, I think there was logos on it. Uh, I have no... Uh, no, I wasn't doing my police inquiry. I wasn't... Uh, okay, okay. That okay. <laughs> I was trying to survive. And um, would, you, would you have noticed his accent? Was he Dublin? No, Cork? He a Dublin fella. Yeah, he had a beard, brown hair. Yeah, middle age, um, when I say 40s, maybe late 30s, max, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, very friendly, very, very polite fella. You know, I couldn't say nothing but good things. But he actually stopped his van and got out. Yeah, he was stuck there lighted. He saw me in my predicament, as I say, and he shouted across, and uh, I just said, if he could, it'd be great. And he hopped out like a light. And well done, well done. Now, is there an obligation? Because I see other calls, people saying now, what should, should do householders? Or should householders 
get out and grit their their the foot path in front of theirs. They're lucky to have a garden uh, onto a, onto a street. Should they go out or have they an obligation to go out and grit the piece in front of their house? I don't think they have, do they? Well, having lived in uh, other places, Boston and Germany, there is a social obligation to do outside your door uh, in part of the civic duty, especially in Germany, but that's a very Germanic way of looking at it. They all do it, and that's how the job is done, first thing. Obviously, the councils come out, but uh, I don't know how. Uh, it's not the same here. Uh, I've lived there long enough to know that we don't do that. We, we don't, first, we don't get enough snow that's to true, have a yeah. policy that's or true, a habit. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when it does happen, people are less, are not, one, they don't have the equipment, Joe, in fairness, and they're not inclined to do it, you know, because it's not expected. So you, the, everybody, blames, everybody looks for the council, but uh, I don't think there's many around. In fact, when I went down to Blackhawk Village on Friday, the 17 was stuck on the hill trying to get up from the dark wow. station into the village. A guy fell off his bike coming down the hill. So the roads were in very treacherous at that stage, and that was, that was 9, half 9, 10. And do you remember the... Um do you remember the big snow? It was in the late 70s. Richie Ryan was the Minister for Finance. Yeah. It was around January, actually. And uh, he encouraged people to go out and clear the snow from front of their house. And he got he got berated for it. Absolutely yeah. berated. People said, no, that's the government's job. But he said, it's not the government's job. People should take things, matters literally, into their own hands. But anyway, that was a long time ago. OK, Ross, I'm glad to hear you're back on your feet. Liter- oh, well, yeah. Literally, literally, and mind <laughs> literally. mind yourself because um, it's it's uh, it's still very. It's, I think it's getting colder. Say it's slightly better. I had cleats on today, but it's uh, it's cold and foggy. But okay. the main pathways are clear, and we can hear the fog horns here in RT. I don't know whether it's coming from Ulbeg, <laughs> Dunleary, or the Bailey, but we can hear the fog horn—a very distinctive yeah. sound. Good evening, uh, Ross. Thank you, Joe. From from a good Samaritan to a less than good Samaritan, Sam. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How Joe at RT. Your story and another vehicle, but not a, not a, not a good news story. What happened? Well, Joe. Uh, unfortunately, uh, sorry. Now I, I was kind of in two minds whether I was going to ride in or not. But okay. Uh, anyway, here I am uh, to do by my best by mum. But we lost uh, our, our gorgeous mum there just over a week ago, uh, and I had the honour along with my brother uh, just to accompany the hearse down. Uh, from uh, St. Vincent's Hospital, okay, uh, where she unfortunately passed away. The St. Vincent's in in Dublin Four here. Yes, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, um, and so we were we lived down the country and we were travelling out the motorway uh, in the line of traffic when a truck emerged from um, on the on the slipway just uh, on my inside. I was following the hearse. I was immediately following the hearse. Um, so we were kind of hemmed in. There was cars to the rear of us, cars at the front. And so naturally then to, to allow the truck to come out onto the road, we had to move over onto the fast lane, um, which we did. Uh, and mm-hmm. then out on the fast lane, uh, a car uh, came onto me and uh, basically started uh, flashing, beeping fairly wildly. Um, and so then, well, we had to wait, obviously, to we were travelling at a, I guess, a more leisurely pace than might have been expected in the fast lane. But it was a hearse. It, it was a hearse, yeah. Uh, and so we had to wait then to bide our time to pass by the truck and then the accompanying traffic that was just ahead of us uh, before we could pull back into the slow lane. Uh, and as we did so, um, this person who was doing the, the, the flashing and the beeping um, gave me the finger and started gesticulating wildly, um, which was, uh, it was a, a, an emotional car journey to say the least. Um, but that's... Um, really uh, hit a sore um, point. And was, and was there signage on the truck? Don't give it out at this stage until we contact them, but was the truck identifiable? No. Was it a company truck? It wasn't a company truck, no. It was, it was, it was, just, a, it was just a regular Joe Soap. And look, I, I'm sure, as I'm not here to say, he, he maybe had his own issue to attend to and, and he was trying to okay. get by, but um, I, I guess it, it, was, it was just a little bit unfortunate. You think back over those couple of days and obviously it's, still very raw in my mind and there's a couple of memories that stick out some lovely lovely memories and precious memories but also there's just this really negative image that's still in my mind yeah. then i guess you you can you contrast it then with the reception we got at home and uh, i mean there's one lovely image that i have of this uh, fella driving a, a truck and he, he stopped got out of his cabin and just acknowledged the hearse passing by 
uh, there was a lady running up the road, uh, took off her headphones and bowed. And I even remember a fellow in the chipper, he was halfway through his bag of chips, turned around and acknowledged the procession that was passing by. And he too um, just paid his respects. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it just, I guess, it, it swings and roundabouts. And I didn't even know why I was, I was writing in to begin with, but mum herself was just a very giving person. Um, and always looked out for someone who was okay. maybe just struggling a little bit. So I, I guess just with Christmas being on top of this, and it's a particularly diff- difficult time for a lot of people, I guess uh, just trying to do my best by mum and just asking people maybe just to check themselves just for a moment. Everybody's just trying to get by, yeah. Yeah, and you and just don't know what anybody's going through. And I still think, well, maybe maybe it's changing, and that's what you're spotting. I still think there is an enormous respect in Ireland to a funeral cortege. People do do acknowledge it, and if they if they're that way inclined, they bless themselves. They will pull over. They will, they won't get upset the way this truck driver did at the speed of a a, a hearse or whatever. Um, okay, God God rest God rest your mother anyway, Sam. And point well made. And as I say, you you were fair enough to make the the, the contrast with the generally uh, warm and gracious uh, reception that. Uh, your mother's uh, remains got as they moved around in the hair. So, okay, thanks indeed. Thanks indeed, uh, Sam. The yesterday morning on Bowman Saturday, uh, Sunday, 8.30, he played again. It's a great, great track. It's from the wonderful Jimmy O'Dea. Now, Jimmy O'Dea, I acknowledge, he died in 1965, but he was the pantomime, he was a pantomime dame and a great actor, great comedian, uh, Molly Malone, and he had a partnership with Harry O'Donovan. And uh, as John said yesterday, Harry O'Donovan as a songwriter, um, Harry was involved in the gaiety and the Olympia and he was a producer. Uh, Jimmy O'Dea would have been known as Biddy Mulligan, the pride of the Coombe. But uh, John made a point that Harry O'Donovan as a very whip-smart songwriter was in the same league as Noel Coward and uh, Cole Porter. And he played this song. It's called Thank Heavens, We Live in Ratgar. And uh, it's about snobbery in Dublin. Now, it's written in the 1950s. It's 70 years ago. Listen carefully, because a number of our listeners heard it, and they said to themselves, has anything changed? Has anything changed at all? In these days of agitators, isms, schisms and dictators, when one never knows whom one is talking to, when we've princes picking winners and we've plumbers at golf dinners, it's so difficult to really say who's who. Even at our rugby dances, one's beset by vulgar glances, and our finer sensibilities are shocked. Upon my soul, I'm not romancing. We are more danced against than dancing, and the flappers come and tell you they're half-cocked. So, thank heaven, we are living in Rathgar. Oh, the solid, quiet refinement of Rathgar where we have our evening dinners, where we never hear of shinners, and even those who can't afford it have a car. There are some quite decent suburbs, I am sure. Oh, Rath Mines is not so bad or tenure. We've heard of spots like Inchicore, but really don't know where they are. For thank heavens we are living in Rathgar. Someone must live in Kilmainham, so it's hardly fair to blame them. And in Dartry, they are almost civilised. But in Fabio, goodness gracious, fellows tennis in their braces. In Drumcondra, all their shirts are tubanized. Although it's worth relating, it's really devastating. At Van Doyle, I saw my butcher in the ring. What with cinemas unsightly and the gaiety gone twice nightly, it's no wonder that we are proudly forced to sing. That, thank heavens, we are living in Rathgar. The solid, quiet refinement of Rathgar. In Kilester, they eat cockles and those fearful things, pig's knuckles. But you never heard of type in Grosvenor Square. Oh, those accents on the north side, quite appalled. But they never get beyond Roth Mines Town Hall. They've so many kids in Kimmage that they say life's just a scrimmage. Oh, I'm tired. I'm going to the battery to have one. So thank heavens we are living in Rathgar.
Written, I believe, in the 1950s. Thank God we're living in uh, Ragar. People in Khomeini, we could hardly blame them. In Shakur, I don't know where it is. And the Baldoyal referred to would have been the Baldoyal race course. And he met his butcher at the Baldoyal race course. Uh, Linda Oledon. Linda, good afternoon. Afternoon, Joe. You, what do you think of uh, the, Does snobbery still exist? It does, but not the way it used to. Okay. Um, younger people especially are nowhere near as snobbery about tradesmen and things like that because they actually look at it and go, you know what, at least they've got a steady income. Yeah, bloody right. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a friend of mine who's a barrister who had a child and he's, he's going to get a trade. He can go into law afterwards, but he's getting a trade first. At least that way he'll always have an income. And you work, you tell us, you've been working as a cleaner for 30 years, but the attitude yeah. of snobbery is still there. Would, yeah, you, would, would you get the just, the, you're just a cleaner attitude? Yes, yeah. Not everybody. I mean, there's some people that just, it just sort of, so what? Uh, and there's other people that it's, oh, well, you're just a cleaner. You're not worth my attention. And, you know, fair enough. And you, is this offices or homes? Where would you get the... Mainly in homes. They'd look down at you? Yeah. Wow. You know, I've been invited as a guest to a party and somebody's known I'm a cleaner. They've come up to me and sort of, well, shouldn't you be clearing the glasses? And I'm sort of, well, I'm here as a guest. Um, and I actually had it where I was talking to somebody and somebody came up and, you know, ordered me to start clearing the glasses up. Good God. And, the person I was with, who was very upper middle class, highly looked up to in the neighbourhood, sort of turned around and said, you know, it shows your lack of breeding. She said, you never assume somebody is at somebody's home for anything other than a guest. She was, you know, horrified. Now, the poor woman that spoke to me was totally mortified because he was somebody who she looked up to, talking to me because I got on very well with her. And was obviously very annoyed that the woman had been rude to me. And then you so, had an instant where you, where you came in front door of a house and someone said to you, that's not for the likes of you. Yeah, it was many years ago and I had the keys to the house, always went in the front door and his sister was staying with him and she said, you should be round at the tradesman's entrance. And he just okay. burst out laughing and looked at her and went, what do you want to do, come down the chimney? And, that, you know, so even within a family you can get differences. And with your accent, you've obviously spent some time in England, have you, Linda? Yes. OK, yeah. so compare and contrast. We, we know class is very, is very dominant in, in the UK. Uh, very Snobbery dominant. is much more blatant in England. Before I moved over here 40-odd years ago, I had a very North London accent. Okay. And that immediately, that was my class. I was working class. Now I go back and they, they can't quite place my accent. And you can see the confusion because they don't know where to put me. <laughs> and I've actually had people come up to me and go, where did you get your accent from? Mm-hmm. You know, so that they can sort of um, place me. Yeah. You know, working class, middle class, upper class. So I think, yeah, in the UK, the snobby is much more blatant. And in Dublin, you have north side and south side, and then in Cork, yeah. you have, I, I'm trying to remember or think of where I can get it, the, the incredible, brilliant piece by the actor John N. Healy about Cork accents. Oh, it's superb. Yeah. It's, a, it's a video piece. It's a video. Yeah, I've heard that. And it, um, my husband's family, has, some of his family live in West Cork. And his eldest nephew, he takes off all those accents. And, you know, he was doing the Montenotti accent one time. And I was nearly rolling around the floor with laughter. So, yeah, I think everybody does it because, it, you know, I know when my mother could be quite snobbish. And I was living over here and I was saying about getting a flat in Rath Mines. And she turned around to me, she, is it near Rathgar or the other end? Exactly, Rathgar. 
Yeah. Rock on, Grub. She was born and raised in Churchtown, <laughs> which wasn't. She was born in North Great George's Street and was raised in Churchtown. And shortly before she died, I was over with her. And my two brothers were there. And she said something about being born in North Great George's Street. She shared a house with my cousin, who was from Monster Evan. And I looked at her and said, all these years I've taken me passports when I've gone over O'Connell Bridge, and I didn't need to. Well, north side, south side. Tommy just burst out laughing because he knew exactly what I was referring to. I mean, mother, we don't talk about it. Well, I remember not too long ago, I saw the line in that song. Yes, as I say, written 70 years ago, it was about uh, the plumbers and you'd meet a plumber yeah. in your golf club and uh, things have gone downhill. But like we had a call, I think it's about 18 months ago, from an electrician who parked his van. He was a member of a golf club, parked his van, um, which was obviously marked as an electrician, um, an electrical uh, contractor. And uh, he was asked by the golf club, could he park his... his uh, his van out of view, in other words, behind the golf club, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Um, that that was the... Uh, by the way, uh, somebody, somebody's making the point, what is... Um, maybe you can help me here before I feverishly look at it. What is uh, the, the line there in, um, in, in the song? Uh, but in fair view, goodness gracious, fellows, tennis in their braces, in Drumcona, in Drumcondra, all their shorts are trubanized. And do you know what Trubanized means? No. Well, there I, we are now. Uh, I have a feeling it's collarless. Apparently but it's... I'm not sure. In, in Drumcondra, all their shorts are Trubanized. Um, apparently it does mean a separate, toughened short collar. Yeah. That I presume you put ominous thought. OK. Linda, yeah. good evening, Maga. That's Linda Oledon. We're talking about uh, snobbery as uh, epitomising that wonderful song by... Uh, Harry O'Donovan and as performed by uh, Jimmy O'D. By the way, there was a great story as well uh, about uh, Cinderella and various pantos and uh, John Charles McQuaid ringing Jimmy O'D as a former uh, pupil. He was then president of Black Rock, as we all know, and uh, chastising him over something or other. Mary Kelly, what happened in Palmerstown in County Dublin? What happened? Uh, hi, Joe. Uh, heading into town, uh, there's a footbridge. Palmerstown Chapel is a footbridge yeah. to get to one side or the other of the main road. And it was very, very icy and slippy. And as we got to the other side, a man had just fallen, conked out. He wasn't the best. And there was a, a, a man and a lady looking after him, waiting for the ambulance. And because the, the conditions of the bridge was dreadful, wow, okay, treacherous. Yeah. So I rang the county council immediately and told them to come out and grit it. And the lady in the maintenance department um, walked on it immediately. And no, the, well county, the South County Council came out and gritted it. And how was, uh, how was it the man? And fair play to them. And how was the man that was the fair? Oh, he was conked out, God love him. And. We won't say. My, I only hope he's okay. And I think when, he banged his head. And was there was there blood? There was coming oh, down God. his nose. And what what time did this happen at Mary? Eleven o'clock this morning, and uh, we seen the bridge. But you can't take your life into your hands running across the. Road. Oh no way! Don't ever. You know that the road. bridge yourself. It's a race. Tra- it's a race track. Yeah, just going down to Stewards, and you just have to go over the bridge. We held on to the bar. And uh, as we got to the other side, you, he was totally re- out of us. You reckon he was, you say conked out, you mean he was unconscious? Oh, unconscious. And there oh, was the a man. great man there and a woman looking after him and they were waiting on the ambulance. And there was what, blood coming down his nose, so hopefully he it, recovers. And what but age, the county council came out immediately to Christmas well once I rang them. And what age was this man, age group? Oh, I'd Sorry. say he was around 70, God love him. Let's hope he's okay. Eleven o'clock this morning, Palmerston, that big overpass bridge there, yeah, uh, where, where well, they're building. The building it should have been well done. Yeah. But once the council, um, once I got in touch with the council, she said whereabouts is it, and I told her, and they came out immediately That's to well do done. it. Well, let's hope above all else that that man is oh, okay. Oh God, I hope so. I hope he's okay. okay. And if people ran in the county council, South County Council, and told them where there are bad they conditions, oh, that's good. they, they won't come out and do it, I'd great, say. Great, great, great. Well done, and Mary, well done you for... Not at all, phone, Joe. So hopefully the man recovers. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Brian, 
Go up from Palmerstown and you're on the M50 in about two minutes. What, your wife, we're talking about road rage and the hair's been run off the road. What happened? Yeah, so, so hi Joe and hi everyone. Um, so it's just basically to highlight the lunacy, on, particularly on the M50, um, but also on the N11. But let's take the M50 for, for now. So you're driving along, mind your own business, you go into the outside lane to overtake. The next thing, there's something right up your ass, flashing, weaving. And it, it's not kind of like, you know, they wait five minutes while you're on yeah. the fast lane. It's now, it's, it, people, it's, it's instantaneous almost. And the next thing you know, they're diving inside. They're going even, even now on the, um, the hard shoulder and then back out Good in guys. front of you. It's it's lunacy. It's and the problem is, Joe. It's become de rigueur now on on the M50 in particular. Well, can you imagine? Everyone does it. Can you imagine it today with the fog, especially around Dublin, the freezing fog? And they'd still do it, Joe. Yeah. Um, and you say your wife is simply too scared to go on the M50. She's terrified. Absolutely terrified now. Good God. Okay, for, uh, Brian. Thanks, and Joe at Back to snobbery. Uh, Sean uh, Mishtail. Sean, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. You say we will always have snobbery. How does it manifest itself today? Well, I think it's still there. It's 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 it, maybe it's something in our it's something in our uh, nature in terms of human nature. You, you look, you know, the, the old thing was Truppen's looking down on a penny and a half yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But nowadays, it, it's it's changing. I think it's I think in some ways it's been broken broken down by likes of it, more education for everybody, greater opportunities, greater participation in sport across all groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we still have it. And I mean, you could argue that, that example you gave about the golf club, um, that that will will break down when maybe the likes of clubs, whether it's any sport or whatever, or, or, or social clubs, recognise that they're glad to have more members. Um, but, but how, it, but when, you, when you say... Um it's legalised in some some quarters. What do you mean? Yeah, well, the by the bylaws that, in terms of say city council, um, where we have Dublin Six W, and we have Glasnevin West, and and anybody familiar with the areas like that will recognise that there was there was a certain amount of class uh, bias in distinguishing between what might be local authority housing and, and private where, housing. Hang on, where does Dublin Six W come from? Well, it, it, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not living in that area. Okay. I would know the area fairly well from growing up nearby in Kimmage, where they had too many kids, according to Harry O'Donovan. Okay. But um, <laughs> what what um, what I I recognise in it was certainly people were were identity conscious. That was one part of okay. it. But the, the the main point is whether oh, or not. I think, I think I remember it now. There was a there was a proposal to split Dublin 6, because it was so big, so populous, into two areas. One part would remain Dublin 6, and I think another part would become Dublin 26, 12. or, or, or 12, or, or, or whatever, it? yeah, yeah. And the locals, some some of them, not them all, of course, the locals protested, and the solution was we have Dublin 6, and we have Dublin 6W, but the D6 still remains. D6 still remains, but, it, but it's split up. I, I, the other yeah. point, as a kid growing up, in Kimmage, I was on the wrong side of Turnure, and people at different times aspired to be in Dublin 6 rather than Dublin 12 because they, they mightn't have liked being in Dublin 12. We were definitely Dublin 12. But anyway, um, those kind of distinctions. And, those glass, are, and you mentioned Glass Nevin West. Is there such a place? Well, if you, if you go along the. Um, if you go along by, uh, I think it's it Collins Avenue. It's Collins Avenue West. That's the, the specific. But you're heading up, you know, all the buses heading up to Ballymun and the likes um, are cutting across there as they come up along by Movie and all that area. That's another extension of distinction between one area and eliminating a grey area maybe as well. But is that not Ballymun Avenue or is that name changed? No, Ballymun Avenue is still there. But the, no, the, the, I mean the point I'm making is you, you have you have adjoining areas, and one might be perceived as not the same in commas, class as mm-hmm. the other. Now again, look, it's it's human nature that people will raise this, and I don't want to be labelling any group that lobbies for a change if they want to identify their area. 
more clearly as they see it and they're living in it. That's fine. That's what democracy entails. But when we do make decisions like that, do we mm-hmm. inadvertently or unconsciously institutionalise a, a certain attitude? A big question. No simple answer. I'm not, I'm not researching it. No. But What's I, the question? But yeah. I, is, is bad, does Ballymun Avenue still exist or has that been renamed Glasnevin Avenue? Well, someone um, you have me on that one, and I won't. I won't. Because uh, I, I was co- looking for Ballymun Avenue the other day on Google Earth, and it didn't come up. But what came up was Glasnevin Avenue. But I can't remember if if Glasnevin Avenue was called Ballymun Avenue. But anyway, we'll find out quick enough. We'll find it. But you think snobbery? There are certain aspects of us still alive and well. Yeah, but it, it's it's changing, and I think over over time it's diluted by certain changes in in society and greater mix and, and mobility and everything. Okay, okay. Good Um After the break, we will begin with the sick tune from the Gay Born Show, Tico's tune, and then we let Gay go straight into his legendary recording. Uh, get your pen and uh, giving you fair warning now. Pen and uh, paper uh, handy for the uh, Gay Born uh, Christmas cake. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on further ado, I'm going to give you the recipe for this uh, fruitcake, the special Christmas fruitcake recipe, which we've been asked to give you once again. First of all, the ingredients is one cup of water, one cup of sugar, four large eggs, two cups of dried fruit, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of baking soda, one cup of brown sugar, eight ounces of nuts, and the juice of one lemon, plus one bottle of whiskey. That's very important. So a cup of water, a cup of sugar, four large eggs, two cups of dried fruit, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of baking soda, one cup of brown sugar, eight ounces of nuts, the juice of one lemon, and one bottle of whiskey. And this is what you do with it. You, you first of all, sample the whiskey. That's the first thing you do. You have to have to do that to start off. A sample of the whiskey to check for uh, for quality in case there would be anything wrong with it because you only want the best quality whiskey to go in uh, to this particular cake. The whole cake depends on its flavour for the quality of the whiskey. So check the whiskey straight away. Then you take a large bowl and um, check the whiskey again just to make sure in your own mind that the that the, the whiskey is all right and it's not it's not going it could go off as soon as you open the take the cork out of the bottle and open the top it could go off so check the whiskey again to be sure that it's um, uh, of the highest quality uh, the way to do that by the way you pour one level cup full neat and and drink it and and then to be to be doubly doubly sure do that again one one level cup and and drink it. That's the, that's the second cup. Now, you turn on the electric mixer and you beat one cup of butter in a large uh, fluffy bowl. Then you add one teaspoon of sugar and and you beat all that up again. Now, while you beat, do it, make sure the whiskey is still okay. Have a, have another level cup of whiskey. Make sure it's, it's still okay. Uh, cry another cup. And then you 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 turn off the mixer, and and then you you break anyway you break two eggs and and you add them to the bowl and and you, you uh, chuck in the dried fruit, know yourself, and then and then mix all that on 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 this turner, and and then check the whiskey again before it gets too late. Check check keep you have to keep you have to keep on check the whiskey. 
Because my God, no. Right, where was? Yeah, right now. If the, if if the fried duke gets stuck in the beaters, you bright loose, bright loose with a juice grinder. You see, and the easy way to do it. Don't be worried about. It. Then you sample the whiskey again to check for toxicity. Could be now. Uh, you sift uh, 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 two, uh, uh, two, two, two cups of salt, uh, or, or or something. Who cares? Check the whiskey. That's the important thing. Now, yes, yes, yes. You sift the lemon juice and you strain your nuts. Oh, oh, forget. And after that, then you add you add one table uh, a spoon uh, of sugar. Um, or something, whatever you can find, sugar in the whole thing, be gone. Then, then you join round if, if you if you're able to join round and and you grease the oven. So don't forget to grease, grease and turn the cake tin to two hundred and fifty degrees. <laughs> uh, hold steady now. Uh, join the cake tin to. Yeah, don't don't now don't don't forget to beat off the turner, and then you you throw the bowl out the window. Check the whiskey again. I'll 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 oh, go to bed. Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff, Michael Tooley. You're the one who wanted this piece. Uh, Joe, have you ever tried the recipe, Michael? How do you know? How do you know it won't work? <laughs> I tried it with puddings, Joe, but never had the nerve to try it with Kay's Christmas cake. Oh, that's legendary, <laughs> legendary, legendary. Le- you say there's an encyclopedia of Gayborn's wonderful anecdotes and memorable broadcasts. Well, do you know something, Joe? I've heard many comedians, and particularly on your show, and we know Gay wasn't a comedian by trade. But I have to say that was one of the best comedic pieces I've ever heard on radio. Gay he born, was just he, he a was, genius. He was an actor. He loved acting. He, he yeah. did an acting course yeah. back in the day. Big time. And, and he lo- could tell. And he loved showbiz people. The, the one I, I, I... We must try and find it, even for the day that's in it, was the, the, the fella who rang in. <laughs> and they, they were a family of scratchers. Do you remember that? They were family of scratchers. We might, might, I know they played it on Christmas time about three years ago after uh, Gay passed. Um, but right. It's hilarious. And Gay is brilliant. But your man rings in and says, we're, we, we all sit, we all line up on the couch, one behind each other. So we'd be scratching away. But anyway, the, the, the Christmas cake one is, is uh, legendary. Absolutely legendary. And um, what are you doing for Christmas yourself, Michael? Well, Joe, um, my daughter... Her husband and the two girls, Holly and Sophie, are actually driving back to Cork now. They were up here for the weekend to celebrate Nina's 40th birthday, which is today. Oh, fantastic. So we're going down to Inishannon in Cork, please God, for Christmas to spend a few days with them. And it's a a roundy birthday, as the legendary Ronan Collins would say. It's a A roundy roundy birthday. Okay, Michael, thanks for reminding us of Gay's Christmas cake recipe. Going to be in the market as Michael Dooley and a happy Christmas. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. You have to hand to Lifeline listeners. If, if if we were to do a, a competition between 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 all the uh, different um, listeners of different programs, I reckon we'd come out ahead. Mags, are you there, Mags? Hello, Joe. How are you? Are you sure you got the Christmas? I didn't even know it was out. The Christmas edition, the bumper edition, the legendary yeah. edition yeah. of the RT Guide. Just about an hour ago. And are you sure it's it's this year's one? Well, it's. 24 to December 2022 to the 6th of January 2023. Oh, you're correct. Okay. So, and how many pages in it, Mags? Oh, God. Uh, 170-something. Oh, my God. That's a bumper. I didn't get that far because I got so stomach to the competition when I read it. So, there's 100. Now, listen. I didn't even... even, The the RT Christmas uh, edition of the RT Guide is out. Mags bought it an hour ago. There's 170 pages in it. 
And you've spotted a mistake. Well, yeah. It's a competition for two nights in Carton House. In County Kildare, yeah. Yeah. And I usually enter these competitions and I went to enter it and it asks a question. (laughs) It's a text, it's text guide five, you know, one of those. Oh, yeah. And the question is, Christmas Day this year falls on A, Monday, B, Wednesday, C, Saturday. But I think Christmas Day falls on Sunday. It does, it falls on December 25th. Mm. Because okay. we're we're on Grafton Street on December twenty fourth. Yeah, yeah. So 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 so. So is the competition void now, or? Oh, that's a very old. I'd, I'd say <laughs> I'd say the legal department in RT are gone into free fall. Yeah. I'd say they're like trapeze artists or tightrope walkers in Duffy Circus, trying to get from one side of a legal yeah. tone to another. <laughs> now there are terms and conditions. There are, yeah, but they're very long winded, Joe. Yeah, but oh, that's the that's the point. Of terms mm. and conditions. Mm. So you're saying, you're saying, there it is, you're saying, I've now been handed the, uh, you're saying, oh, you were dead right. Paige, now does this mean that the half a million copies of the Christmas edition of the RT Guide have to be pulped? What? what are you? What are you demanding, Mags? What are your demands? <laughs> I just, I think it's very unfair to Carton House. <laughs> well, Carton House, they're after getting, they're after getting a mention on, uh, on Liveline. Yeah, so that's on just, so uh, publicity in itself. Yeah. Okay, so it's how to answer? Just answer this question. Christmas Day this year falls on Monday, Wednesday, or Saturday. Now, does that mean you you wouldn't enter, or you'd enter and give the closest? Well, put in Sunday, but is it void, you know? Well, that's what we're trying to find out. But as I say, RT has gone into free fall here. Apparently there's because a lock, there's lockdown. A couple of weeks ago, either in the Sunday Independent Crossword or the Farming Independent, there was a, a, a wrong clue. And they didn't give out the prize, they just voided the competition. I think that's what they'll have to do. Or would but, w- what would you accept, Mags? Would you accept... But people send it in with Sunday. But, but Sunday is an option. See, it's A, Monday, <laughs> B, <know>. Wednesday, <laughs> C, Saturday. And you're okay. texting it like, it's not like you're posting it. Yeah. I don't know. RT may sort it. <laughs> oh, they'll have to sort it out because... Um, and I'll be looking forward to hearing uh, from Carton <laughs> Okay. Um, if, if, For well, all the publicity. Well, then, could, could we say... Could we put in... Now, we'd ask everyone who buys... Mm. It's the biggest seller of the year. Have I know, you, yeah. Have you, could we ask people, could they write in D, A, B, C, D, and D is Sunday? Well, that's up to you guys. Oh, no. Anyway, we'll, we'll find out, we'll find <laughs> yeah. out, we'll find out. I'll just highlight this. But well, well, so, well Ka- Catherine Lee is editor. Uh, for the time being, Catherine. <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> Not a very long joke. <laughs> Catherine, we are, our readers are as eagle-eyed as that lad. Can you believe Thank it, you. Mags? We, I know. It's, I didn't even know it was in the shops today. Mags spotted. Literally spot only in the shops, Joe. Literally, oh. and, sh- and 170 pages, if not more, bumper mm-hmm. edition. As per you looks, right, yeah. looks, and I'll looks, be checking out the rest of the competitions now. Good woman. <laughs> and Mags... I'll tell you what, you're, we, we need you in the office reading the pages. Fair play to you. That's incredible. So what, what happened, Catherine? I think we, ju- we just missed it, Joe. I mean, it, it should obviously say uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it slipped through. It no. through when we were reading the other 200 pages. And I know so you're... And I know you're very hard workers over there, Catherine. Ah, but yeah. well, yeah, on the good. on the day that you were proofing the guide, yeah. and I know it takes such a big addition, takes a lot of a lot of work. Um, you you didn't happen to be making the Gayborn Christmas cake at the same time, <laughs> were you? <laughs> there was a lot going on, Joe, for the last few weeks, and I just tell you, a lot of long nights and yeah, a lot but, of. And when, when when do you? So what are you going to do? What's the, what's what's your oh, no, decision? We'll, we'll obviously have to recognize rec- uh, rectify it. We'll. Possibly run the competition again, or oh, okay. we'll talk to the talk to the people anyway. So is, is okay. so, so is that competition null and void as such? Um, I can't see a way round it. I can't unless no, you unless you say to people, just enter. It's two euro now to enter, Joe. Well, that's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so a good it's, is well, it's a good it's a good prize. But yeah. then again, uh, Catherine. Yeah. The problem it is a competition, so there has to be some element of skill in it, hasn't there? Yeah, 
to do. Otherwise, it would not be a competition. Yeah, we would be very, we would be very liberal with the answers. I think in this instance. Um. But yeah, of course, we're going to rectify it. Absolutely. Okay, okay. We'll have to have a quick think about it, Joe. Have a think. Okay, we'll okay, see. We'll, we'll see yeah, if anyone got ideas. No. Now, you know, yeah. Catherine, while you're there, you know the great Paddy Murray died in, in, in the recent past, a great journalist. And Paddy, Paddy, reckons, Paddy reckons he invented this whole idea of uh, a simple answer for a quiz because he discovered when he was in the Evening Herald they wanted to run a competition and they just wanted to, to, to there'd be no answer as such. But they mm. discovered you had to have, you have to have, oh, no, have, to have some that. element of skill, skill. Some element mm-hmm. of skill. And Paddy came up with the idea of, not just, for example, Christmas Day falls on a Monday, Wednesday or a Saturday, uh, but this year is on a Sunday. And he came up with that whole idea, he said, of an, um, which is everywhere, everywhere now. Every, when did you start working on the Christmas edition? Um, I think I started talking to people last, the end of, end of August, beginning of September. Wow. We have Annie um, West illustrating. Oh, the brilliant Annie West, she's, yeah. Oh, she's fantastic. So um, she and I started to bat back ideas backwards and forwards around September, yeah. And where does um, where does the original Annie West painting go? Uh, I think Annie might hold on to it. Yeah, she should. It's... it's <laughs> It's really, it's, it's really, well, yeah, it's, in, no. it's in your shops now, but ignore pay for, for the time being until you get, until you get uh, instructions otherwise from the powers that be in RTE. We want people to ignore page 62. We will absolutely sort this out, John. Okay, unless, no unless it's structured. It's a great publication. Ah, well thank done. you very much. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. As colourful as ever. As yeah. colourful as ever. Thank okay, you. Mags, well spotted. Okay. Well spotted, Mags. Greetings green. from Dunlavin. Where, Dunlavin? Okay. Oh, there's a beautiful photo. Where was the photograph? Oh, on the front of the Times on yes. Saturday. Yeah. Oh, wasn't it beautiful? Of Dunlavin Church sure. from the air. This is the Garden of Ireland, Joe. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Okay, Mags, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, well spotted. Mags, sure, if, Mags. I'll, I'll, I'll ring upstairs during the break, Mags, and see can we get you a weekend away somewhere for yourself. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Just, just because you're, you've proved once again that live nine <laughs> listeners are not just the best looking, not just the, mo- not just the most literate, the most... Uh, educated, the most streetwise, they are the most curious and observational people uh, that any programme uh, could want. And we are so proud of you, Mags. So proud of you and (laughs) Dunlavin. The RT Christmas Guide is in your shops now. Okay, thanks, Joe. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at RT.ie. I see um, the Banshee of Inishirin has topped the Golden Globes nominations with eight nominations. Would you believe that? It's not fantastic. Eight, eight nominations for the Golden Globes, including one for Colin Farrell. Uh, as the star, well, the star, two stars, three stars, four stars in that movie. Uh, director Martin McDonough for Best Comedy or Musical. Um, it's a black comedy, as people know. We did a, a full programme on it here and we, we gave nominations. And the overall um, uh, candidate for a nomination from our uh, listeners was... Uh, Barry Keoghan but Brendan got a Brendan Gleeson of course and Kerry Condon but anyway eight nominations to Golden Globe which reminds me next week we are bringing back our highs and lows it's a vote by our listeners the highs and lows of this year that's just passed now it's Christmas week so it's it's relatively light hearted and we're looking for what we do is we give you a list of ten highs and 10 lows. Now, we're working on this at the minute, and with your help, you can give us highs and give us lows. Now, just to be clear, we don't do, obviously, uh, deaths of people. We don't do, we won't be doing homelessness because that that has topped going way back, unfortunately. Um, and homelessness, as we know, is a situation where people, unfortunately and tragically, can die. But the, number, the, the list so far, we whittle it down, we whittle it down. Uh, for example, the highs of 22, the list that we've got in so far from our listeners, and please contribute on joe at rt.ie what you think your highs. One of the highs is the Banshees of Inishiran. So that's that's up there. The Irish women's soccer team, the summer weather, uh, Kelly and Ellen Keane, our golden Olympians, our golden Olympians, Charlie Board's Crow Patrick Climb, 
Bono's book Surrender, the World Cup, Bad Sisters, that was the um, uh, incredible series uh, on uh, Apple, and hopefully it'll get a wider distribution, um, incredible acting, uh, the summer weather, and then the Rugby Player of the Year, and then Ukraine winning the Eurovision. Okay, that's just, now you can give us more nominations for what you think the highs of 22 were. The lows of 22, and this is where what people are saying, is the World Cup was in the, the, the list of nominees for the highs of 22, but it's also in the list of nominees for the lows of 22. And so it's the World Cup, the male soccer team defeats, uh, climate change, prices, prices, chaos at Dublin Airport, uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter, <laughs> the end of Derry Girls, the closure of the Citizens Advice volunteer element, um, and oh, the live crib being banned from uh, outside. Now, this is not the final list. This is not the final list, but we're looking for your nominees and we, we nominations. And that will be on Thursday of next week. And we will have a panel and they'll be going through the year that was in it and the highs and lows. But then you vote. Each each uh, list will have uh, letters from A to whatever, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, down 10. And you vote and uh, we decide what was the high of 22 and the low of 22. And then the day after that, which is the eve of Christmas Eve, Friday, we're doing Little Live Line. And that is, this is uh, for our younger listeners to participate, obviously, with the parents' permission. And you can talk to us or sing for us or dance for us or read for us or something you wrote, something you loved. You can review a book, your favourite book of the year. You can uh, nominate that, your movie of the year, your cartoon of the year, your drama of the year, your teacher of the year. And um, just participate uh, on the eve of Christmas Christmas Eve and then of course on Christmas Eve which is a Saturday don't believe what you're reading Dorothy Guide it better have been a Friday it's a Saturday is Christmas Eve this year and um, we will be in Grafton Street with Imelda May and uh, Jack Lukeman and all our regular Funny Friday crew and June Rogers and Claudia Boyle. The list is, the list is uh, endless and you're very welcome. That's outside the Bailey at Marks Spencer's Corner there on Grafton Street. OK, let me go to uh, Alan, back to snobbery. How are you doing, Joe? How are Alan, you, you say uh, snobbery never troubles me. Why? Basically, it's, uh, it tells me everything I need to know about the person who's judging me, uh, and none of that's good. Uh, and uh, I, I thought immediately, I, I, I don't care what they think, and uh, I don't worry about it, and I don't put any effort into them. Uh, like somebody, somebody meets me or encounters me, and, and straight off they're being snobbery or, or you know, uh, not welcoming uh, as such. Uh, that tells me so much about them rather than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, you know, occasionally it stings, but uh, most of the time it's something that, you know you can brush off. Just uh, you know, once you have enough confidence in yourself and self belief, and, and none of your you know self, none of your opinion of yourself comes from outside sources. Um, but what about you know. when you hear in a radio ad where the burglar has a Dublin working class accent? Right, <laughs> that happened. It happened. Did it happen? Oh, yes. Okay. I, did, I didn't hear that particular ad. Yeah. Um, ah, well, look, there's a certain charm to the Dublin accent, so I can't blame anybody, you know, creating any kind of media for what surely, to use it at all, if it's sh- possible. But surely the predominant, when people say uh, he has a Dublin or she has a Dublin accent, they used to mean a yeah. Dublin working class accent. But a Dublin accent, the predominant accent in Dublin now is the Dart accent, isn't it? Yeah, I've had a lot of experience with that as well over the years. It's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> including those uh, people who are organising their weddings and uh, you hear these uh, over loud conversations on the dart perfect perfect yes perfect 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 <laughs> where's Mike Michael Noonan's in Perrystown Michael how you doing Joe will you explain to people from outside Dublin or indeed a lot of people in Dublin where is Perrystown Perrystown is actually a small little place in Crumlin which a lot of people think of Cairn Europe okay <laughs> but between between Perrystown and Cairn Europe comes a place called Kimmich and what people always get woked up about around the city is they go by the postal number designation, which okay. means nothing. When when the area was built in the 50s, the local sorting office was at Mines. So it was D6. Okay. And then when they built the sorting office in Dublin 12, it became D12. Ah. And when you spoke earlier on about D6W, when the locals objected that they didn't want to be aligned with Tala, and 
D26 came in, they ended up building a certain office on Fortfield Road, which became D6W. Ah. But on the post internal system, it's <laughs> D26. The computer doesn't show D6W. Oh, the computer doesn't show no, it? Well, their internal system is D26. Wow. And, and, Cru- and Perrystown, ironically, which is part of Crumlin, and a man you would know quite well, Sonny Lewis, but he wrote his biography. Sonny lived across the road from me. The late great Sonny. And when Sonny, he wrote yeah. his biography, he referred to living in Crumlin, which had all the neighbours fuming. But Perrystown is part of the Barney and Upo Cross of Roebuck okay. in the parish right. of Crumlin. So we could be calling ourselves Killorgan if we wanted to. Well, first of all, I did... <laughs> I'd gladly claim authorship. I've written three books, but I've never, I haven't written uh, Sonny Knowles' biography. Um, he, he, I he, did, he, he bought a house in, 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 in Crumlin, he okay. lived there, and that freaked all the neighbours, because as far as they're concerned, they were Perry's Town. Perry's Town, OK. But it's only a small little, small little slither of, of land uh, caught between Lime Killen uh, and Mountdown, you know. Uh, okay. So it, there's an instant history around it. OK, I always laugh and Sonny, Sonny passed, as you know, but uh, kind regards to Sheila and indeed yeah, her, fam- her, there, her yeah. family. Yeah. Um, but, but Michael, um, explain that to me again. You're saying, as far as Unpost is concerned, this is a major revelation on well, a day of revelations. about. Well, talk about page 62 competition in the guide. Well, You're saying in, in Unpost... It's Dub- known as Dublin Dub- 26. Dub- yeah. So Dublin 6W... People in that area think they're in Dublin 6W, but they're actually in Dublin 26. The compromise with the residents was go back to the old postal code, and because it was west of Rackgar, they'd use D6W. They didn't want, yeah. And then the further contradiction is, uh, turn your police station patrol along, say, you've got Crumlin as the next police station. Okay. But they draw straight lines through houses, straight lines through roads. So one side of Whitehall Road is patrolled by Cairn York, the other side by Crumlin. And, of course, the people on one side of Whitehall Road think they're in Cairn York. <laughs> and this is Whitehall on the south side as opposed to Whitehall on the Correct. north side. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. how do you know that on post don't recognise 6W, they call it D26? Because it's an internal designation for just under computer systems. Yeah, but how do you That's know what? that, Michael? Oh, how do I know it? Yeah. From, from the postman walking in there, I know. <laughs> so if I write D6W to my friends, well, where, the where, Whites where and the Cochrans and Terranure, do I write D6W or D26? No, no, well, you, either, either we'll get to them. Either we'll okay. get to them in that regard. But, I mean, you look, you look, uneven numbers north side, even numbers south side. Yes, of course, except, yeah. except. What, what's, the, what's the address for, for or the Nookdron, D8? And explain why. Because it's the nearest one to the sorting office in James Street for exactly. the post to deliver up to Exactly. All the, all the, the posts for Aris, obviously, with the popularity yeah. of Michael D, it's an enormous post. And it's, it was there before, before Uchtaran, uh, yeah. uh, Higgins. And um, th- they decided that all the posts for Aris and Uchtaran would go to James's Street sorting yeah. office, Correct. which is in Dublin yeah. 8. Even though it's over the other side of the Liffey and they're all the odd numbers because very odd people live on the yeah. north side <laughs> of the Liffey and um, ex- with the exception of Oris and Ukraine. Now, what about the Azul, Michael? The zoo. Well, there's, another, there's another thing, Joe. When I'm asked about where I originally came from, I always say Crumlin for two reasons. That's where I came from, end of story. And, and Crumlin going back when, when the old clans were knocking around was a very rich area. And it often used to get raided by tribes from the other the other clans outside of Crumlin because Crumlin was a very wealthy area. And what are you talking so, about? The animal gang back in the 50s? No, or? I'm, going back, I'm going back to the 16 and 17. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry to talk yeah. about the animal gang. And, no, no. And, and so will you explain to me what is the difference between Crumlin, Walkinstown and Drimna? Well, Walkinstown, Walkinstown Crumlin was, was first built in, in, in the late 20s. Uh, Walkinstown came later. It used to be known as Wilkinsonstown. And uh, Drimna came after that then again. So they were just built at different times. The, but, are they, but, yeah, but hang on, are Walkinstown, Drimna and Crumlin... Oh, but are they three different areas? They're three different little, small little baronies within that area. The barony yeah. or barony? Yeah, Walkinstown used to be known as Wilkinson Town. Yeah. And Drimna was, was a separate name again altogether. But they're, they're, they're all the postals delivered by Crumlin Village. So they all okay. became Dublin 12. Once, once they were built, they were designated Dublin 12. That's all. Okay. So Crumlin is, is separate to Drummond, is separate to Walkinstown, is separate to Kimmage. 
it's separate areas, just like part, parts of Rakar would have separate areas, or, or parts of Salorga would have separate areas as well, you know? And Go back to the historical name, you know? Yeah, okay. And you say, if you want your passport signed, and or whatever, your passport application form signed, and you live one side of Whitehall Road, where's Whitehall Road? Terran, you is it? No, Whitehall Road is still very still. Okay. Still, uh, but if you live on one side of Whitehall Road, you go to one guard station, and if you live five yards on the opposite side, you go to another guard station. It's the other guard station, because it's just, oh, it's just it's very confusing. the area that they patrol. You know, oh, that, that's God, all, you know? But they draw straight lines through it, you that's know. That's very confusing. But a lot of names... God, how could you... Know, how would you get the energy to walk? Uh, we've no problem getting around it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay Michael... There's, all, there's, only, there's only two times of designation now. Northside and Southside. Northside, Southside. That's the way it is. As as uh, uh, eulogise and uh, forever uh, remembered in Bono's song, Northside, Southside. Uh, where's John O'Donoghue? John... Yes, uh, I'm here. Good man, John. How I'm, are you? And where is here, John? I'm Virginia in Cavan. In County Cavan. Yeah. Now you can solve the mystery. Yeah. Of I body is a body. I lived in Dublin for over forty years, Good so man. I'm very familiar. And sometime in my life, I lived in Rahini and as a friend who lived originally known as just off. Ballymore Avenue, yeah. as it was then. But it's gone. I can't find it. I couldn't no, find it during the break. No, anymore. Because where's where's Ballymore Avenue gone? Well, it just disappeared off the face of the earth when the tower blocks were built in Ballymore because the residents of Ballymore Avenue plus the people in the off-roads in other words, did the whole district weird up about the fact that they were their address was Ballymon, which <gasps> it had been for years before. Yeah. But they didn't want to have an address Ballymon because Ballymon was there were rumours went around about the people that were coming to the new flats that were going out they were going up and they were going to lower the level of the area and reduce the price of the usual guff that goes on when yeah, guff, uh, yeah, guff. a uh, council estate has been built close to a public estate. John, you, you use that phrase, you say the people of Glasnevin reared, what you say, reared up when they... Yeah, when, the wh- people in that area of Glasnevin, they got the name changed from Ballymore to Glasnevin, even though it had been Ballymore previously. It was, it was a relatively new development, yeah. but at the same time, they'd been there well before the tower blocks were built. So, it's, and, but, but, so why didn't we rename the, the Ballymore Glasnevin Heights? Why we were at it? <laughs> but Ballymun, well, you're, you're, so you've, you've settled that. Ballymun Avenue is gone. Yes. It's gone. And uh, it's now replaced by Glasnevin Avenue. But it's the exact, exactly. it's the exact yeah. same road. It's a swap. It's, a str- it it's the same road. Really, but Glasnevin was classified to be, which adjoins it, incidentally. Mm-hmm. The old Glasnevin does, but that wasn't Glasnevin initially. And John, you left Rahini in Dublin. Mm-hmm. But incidentally, we're talking yeah. about, I moved to D6 as well, and it was longer, that was the longest time when I was in Dublin. Ah, I lived in. So did you, and did you I get... I knew before you were talking about Perrystown, a Perrystown, very yeah. prominent person came from there, Niall Quinn, he was oh, born the and great footballer, in Perrystown. Yeah. yeah, great footballer. And John, yeah. were you part of the great uh, Dublin 6 West War? Yes, yeah. You remember that battle? I, mean, I remember it well, okay. yeah. But it wasn't the war, really. Yeah, was, I was close yeah. enough now. And, and <laughs> John, John is that, did you leave Dublin because of confusion over where you lived? Because no, you lived not everywhere. No, what, what? I wanted a bit of peace and quiet, and I found that here. Where? Up in Cavan? Yeah, because uh, I live on the next farmhouse, which I had renovated and I had a bit of land, so I went back to really country living from city. And were you born in the city, John? No, I was born in Cavan, not in Virginia, oh, though, but uh, closer to Coot Hill, but still in Cavan. Yeah, but uh, the, you also talked about Jimmy O'Dea, but yes. in my early days I yes. worked for Thomas Cook, travel agent, oh, yes. and we booked Jimmy O'Dea on his second honeymoon when he got married, 
to get a name. I can't remember what her first name was, but her second name, I think, was Doyle. Ursula, Ursula. Ursula Doyle. Yes, yes, yes. She was she was uh, one of the dancers in the game. Exactly, yeah. She was yeah. in his, his company. His company. His troop. His troop. Troop, yeah. Troop. troop. Exactly. And this is the troop that Archbishop John Charles McQuaid uh, complained about to Jimmy O'Dea because in one of the scenes in the perfectly respectable gaiety, uh, they w- uh, were performing as Hawaiian dancers. And well, Hawaii, and, and, the, and the poor Archbishop nearly had a nearly had a conniption. Yeah, well, it wasn't the only thing that, that upset him. He he uh, uh, condemned lady cyclists competing, you know, because there was too <laughs> scantily dressed. So I mean, <laughs> and I think he condemned uh, girls running in in races. Exactly. Oh yeah. my God! Were we right in the head? Listen to that man, uh, John. I, and what are you doing for Christmas? I'm going to my daughter who lives in uh, Wicklow. Ah, oh, well done, well done, well done. And um, you're you're originally a Virginian from County Calvin. Yeah, Virginia. Yeah, okay. that, yeah. And of all of all the places you've lived in, John. Yeah. Where was well, your, I was wh- a travel agent, you see, so I did. I've been every place that you could name her in almost. I, I did three round-the-world trips. I've been in Australia seven times, so I, I've been in South America, Africa, Asia, wherever you name. Uh, over all, I've started at 18 in the travel business and finished at, at 67, so I was all those years... And of all, and uh, of, and of all the places... Around. And on all the places in the wild, earthly world you've been in, John, where is your favourite? Well, I would... Choose Australia has been very okay. good from a climate point of view, and the people are great there as well. Otherwise, possibly one of the Caribbean islands would be okay. nice as well. So, what are you doing? So, what are you doing at Coot Hill? Well, when I, I have a small <laughs> holding here, good man. I went into breeding Connemara ponies oh, when I came wow. here. Wow. So, I had a field full of Connemara ponies for quite a while, and afterwards. Oh. I got very brave about things and horsewise, and I started on thoroughbreds, and I bred a few thoroughbreds as well. well but now I'm just uh, at my stage of life. I'm not able to cope with horses yeah. like that, you know. Okay. So I'm just uh, taking it easy at the moment. Okay. Listening to your program, okay. our program thirty one. I'm a very grateful. Uh, which We're is very, very public broadcasting. Well done, we really appreciate it. That's Jonathan. Happy Christmas to you, John, and many more than please God. You've had a fantastic life so far, many, many years of uh, travel and happiness and adventure uh, in front of you. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Now remember, you want to self-publishing is next week. Send your, your book with your name uh, permanently attached to it and your details to uh, Liveline RT Dublin 4. Uh, little Liveline, it's joe at rte.ie with your parents' permission, of course. Uh, Shane Galvin was the BCO. Tommy O'Sullivan uh, was on sound. And Brenda Dunn, who produced. Ray Darcy is next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie